Good evening, Mike. How are you doing? Good evening, Ash. I am very well, thank you. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. So for this episode, this is the, our monthly paranormal roundtable with uh, me, Shoot the Paranormal, uh, Mike from the Paramike YouTube and Facebook. Do you, do you have to say it like a scouser? <laughs> Paramike. Paramike. <laughs> I've also got Michaela from the uh, Paranormal or What podcast. <laughs> you do it so well. It's like you're, you're from near like, the area, Ash. I'm nearly from Liverpool, yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a fake mank. A... I, I saw something recently where they were saying Warrington. It doesn't know whether it's Liverpool or Manchester. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> I know someone from Warrington. Yeah, kind of. Depends like which half of Warrington you're from. It's like, you're from like the north, it's like Liverpool. You're from like the east, it's like Manchester. Um, Manchester, just, just, just to <laughs> emphasize, yeah, Manchester. Do you have to? Do you have to do the accent for uh, for whichever like part of the yeah. country you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. or Manchester. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, yeah. yeah how How have you been? It's been effing forever since we've done one of these or spoken to each other, dude. Yeah, no, it does seem it does seem like that. And Michaela will be joining us. Uh, very shortly, she's stuffing her face with chips. I was going to say, in typical, <laughs> typical, nor- <laughs> typical northern fashion, she's just having a tea. Good foot chipper. Yeah. Um, no, I'm sure, no. she loves telling everyone that she's having a having some chips. Tea. Yeah. No, uh, no, Babby's head this time, or whatever it was. <laughs> Evening, Nick. Good seeing Nick. Uh, I don't know if watching for a little while. Cheers for. Hey, hey Nick. Hope you're well, dude. Dropping by. Ever present, Nick. That's uh, good to see. So, yeah, just while we sort of wait for a few more people to come in, put any questions, whatever, throughout the live in the chat, we'll get to them. Uh, please share the page, share video, whatever. Give us a like, say hello, so we know you're listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, got, got a few topics we talk about tonight. Like we, we do a monthly roundtable where we talk about different topics. So, what's been happening? So today, going to just be like a normal power roundtable. Just we are recording it live. So we can sort of have some interaction and questions from the listeners as well. So we're going to be talking about some panel equipment, what we use, what we think is best, different ideas around that. Then we're going to take a trip to the spooky Canic Chase. Uh, some we spoke about on the podcast before, um, but the many different stories of things going on and experiences that we personally had or I have there. It's always good to revisit uh, the chase. As it is, and then no, sign of, no sign of Bradley Walsh on that one either. So, <laughs> yeah, better than that. Uh, better than that chase. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and then we will talk about kind of some stuff that we've got coming up, some investigations and work coming up that we're doing. Hello, Elaine. First time yeah, here. Hello, hello, Elaine. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome along. Yeah, cheers for checking us out. Messing around with the buttons. Oh, that's much better. You can see much more of us now. We don't look like two giant. Yeah, no. <laughs> zoom into the screen. <laughs> Absolutely. You can see all the weird shit in my room set up for the whole YouTube studio sort of thing as well. Nice, nice uh, UFO pillow in the. Uh, I thought you'd appreciate that in the background there. Yeah, definitely. Let me just when you prepare everything and then nothing's there. Yeah, yep, yep. So as Ash says, we're going to discuss a couple of topics tonight. Um, if you guys have any questions whatsoever at any point, 
pop them in the chat. I've got the live up monitoring the chat as well, just in case other people don't see it. But we're more than willing to answer any questions that you have about the paranormal or about us or anything, really. Aren't we? Valentine's Day is coming up. We might be able to give you some relationship advice. So that's on day tomorrow. Tomorrow is it? I'm probably better at the <laughs> tomorrow. Tomorrow. So I'm probably better at the uh, pancake making advice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> flower water is not difficult, isn't it? I imagine that um, a relationship is a bit more complex than fucking flower water. <laughs> You just get a bottle, you put milk in it, shake it. Yeah, yeah, you just... Pour that on the frying pan. Squirt yeah. in and you're good to go, yeah. <laughs> Which could have double up his relationship advice as well. Anyway, um, it's a paranormal equipment, Ash. Let's go. Yes. Yeah. What have, uh, what have you got? So I have pretty basic stuff. Um, a couple of what you'd call a K2 meter. Um, pretty basic. Um, did I have it with me? I was playing with it. Just a just a Monday evening activity for Ash is just to play with his kids, you know. Um, yeah, it's so a K two meter. Um, one of my favorite things to have is just a voice recorder, and just having that on so you can capture any EVPs. Um, something I've got which I've not used. Got these as a Christmas present. Ooh. A thousand watts. Okay, um, cool, cool. There's quite a bit of thinking around them. Um, never used them before. I've never had a chance to try them out. Um, so yeah, looking forward to using them. Um, again, basic stuff like a video camera, uh, night vision uh, camera. Make sure you got a good infrared light on there. Absolutely. Because uh, otherwise you won't capture anything. I remember when I got my first IR camera for the um, for the YouTube channel, and I had a really crappy eye. In fact, I don't think I had an IR light. I was trying to rely on the one in the camera, and yeah. it just doesn't emit enough light. It doesn't bounce off anything. So No, no. It looks like you're filming everything in a in a tunnel sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. Oh, Michaela is here. Excellent. Let's get her opinions on paranormal shit. How are your chips, Michaela? Hello, Michaela. Yeah. You are muted, Michaela. I assume you mean you had to put makeup on. <laughs> <laughs> um, Might be yeah. the button on you. Um, headset yeah uh dowsing rods yeah i've got a weird relationship with dowsing rods because although, although i'm kind of quite can you hear me now yes yes it was it's my big sausage fingers that oppressed it before i went on um dowsing rods although where they're a um practical method and i'm kind of against practical methods on the whole because of everything we've discussed for idiomotor effects, subconscious influencing, we've had some very odd things happen with dowsing rods that are like, it's a yes or no answer, but we've still had some some odd things Let happen with them. Okay. <laughs> Is he getting um, them out? I don't know. I've realised that I'm, I haven't got the same background as I normally have, so therefore you can see my washing. So I do apologise to everybody for that. That's all right. I've already explained all my weird YouTube. Where are we? Well, but at my least weird, yours is interesting. Mine YouTube shit on the table. General household crap. That's fine. Well, I've still got Christmas decorations up. <laughs> Mate, what? You know, it's unlucky. It's not even me. It's James. 
Is he a big fan of Christmas and just doesn't want to take it down? Uh, I don't know. I just sort of wanting to buy something. I thought you can have that, buy that wreath, whatever it is, and stick it up and do <laughs> what you want. And as we we're talking about thousand rods, I thought I'd just show mine just in case people mm. weren't sure what uh, we were talking about. It's basically two metal sticks and that I used to find water, allegedly. And like, as he's looking for water somewhere, they will lead you to water. And when they cross over, that means you're near water. Something like that. That's like the apparent original use. Uh, but you can also use them to communicate with the dead, allegedly. Or I spirit. Think, yeah, I think in a lot of instances, whatever I've used them, it's, it's like um, tapping, where you sort of define crossed is yes, no is open before you start the session and then go from there. Yeah, I'd say I don't necessarily believe in them, but we've had some very weird experiences with them. Talking of Christmas presents, I got a gorgeous little REM pod for Christmas. Nice. Ooh, that's that's got, very uh, nice. Yeah, that's going to go mental, but also got a temperature gauge in it. And me being me, I immediately got the screwdriver out, opened the back of it and went, how does this fucking work? <laughs> And then subsequent, subsequently found out how it worked. So different to me. I just dust it and go, doesn't it look nice and shiny? Found out how it worked and made my own. And there's a cool video on the Power Mic YouTube. There it is, yeah. Build your own. Remember? Which is blinding, but very similar. Um, Wasn't the person who bought it for you a bit miffed that you'd then made your own one? <laughs> Patsy knows exactly what I'm like, honestly. <laughs> I was like, straight, like within seconds, had the back off it going, how does this work? Oh, okay. I recognize that chip. The quick Google search went, oh, yeah, I can make this a lot cheaper. Yeah, because they're not cheap. I mean, he, like the, the sort of standard ones looking around £100 for like the okay. kind of traditional one that you see. Like they can be like up to two, three hundred. Um, Nick Thompson saying, but Michaela, with the spooky goings on in your house, some of your washing might suddenly disappear. Well, if it does, we'll get it on fucking camera this time. <laughs> I'll tell you about my, uh, obviously Nick knows what's been going on in my kitchen. Well, actually nobody knows what's been going on in my kitchen because it doesn't come on the camera, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, but yeah, took uh, Ash is right. Like the the proper full up, the original REM pod, the big circular one with the four humongous LEDs in it, easily a couple of hundred quid for one of those. And I like to take a view of the paranormal that none of the equipment is actually tested. So in some instances, I refuse to pay that much money. Hence yeah. why I'll take the back off stuff, see how it works, go, oh, I could build that cheaper. Like, for instance, the little REM pod I just showed you, I built for £40 odd. And that's not even as cheap as you can build it. You can build them for literally like £18 or something if you use the original case. It's crazy. Like, because you think about the markup. And it's just like, fucking hell, these guys are making so much money off, off of stuff that's unproven. Yeah, and the I, technology I have... behind it is pretty basic. Like pretty yeah. basic stuff you actually using inside it. It's a doorbell. I, I had one made for me. Um and it's basically it consists of wires, lights, and a lot of black gaffer tape. Yeah. And I've had it for several years now, and I just get more gaffer tape <laughs> when it falls apart and stick it back on. 
but it's really yeah, good. Exactly that. They're all a lot of the equipment is very, very rudimentary. And as I say, the internals for the REM pod that I built is like 14, 14 pounds or something. And although it's got a temperature gauge in it, the one that I got for Christmas was 60. And it's like markup on that. And admittedly, there's cost box and stuff like that, but they're still making money off it. Mm. As I say, I just, yeah, me being me, I'll take the back off something, have a look and see if I can work out how it works or find a, vi <laughs> or find a video on YouTube and then make my own video on YouTube of how to make it. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, 60 pounds, not too bad. Um, like I say, compared to the cost of some of them, I'm doing effectively the same thing. Yeah. I mean, it can be an expensive hobby, uh, definitely, this uh, topic. So, anyway, of keeping that cost down. I mean, there's so much mm. equipment I want to get, but you just like spirit boxes and everything else. I suppose you think it's a radio, literally, is all it yeah. is, but you know, it's hundreds of pounds to, to get one. It's crazy. I mean, yeah. speaking speaking of, I built a a white noise box of sorts trying to be akin to um, Danny Moss's, sorry, Danny Moss's Intravox. Um, uh, the pump, pumps out white noise, and essentially it's like the spirit box sound sort of thing, but it doesn't have any radio in it. Um, I built or made the white noise patches myself, and then this was actually the basis of the app I was building. That I actually got that on my phone, that app. Didn't go very well, and the person designing it, my brother, uh, has decided not to actually update it or anything. So I was like, fuck's sake, it's not going to work in that sense. Um, so I spent a lot of time and money building a sort of portable box that I could put these white noise patches onto an SD card and play them when we go to investigations. And then last week I happened across this, which is a spirit box by Appy Droid. Um, and this has actually got an SD card in the top of it. So very quickly, I was like, hang on a minute. You can record it. No, but I can play my own white noise patches ah, through right. this rather than have this big, chunky box that I made and is a bit fucking janky. And I was like, whoa, okay. That's that's amazing. In terms of spirit boxes, the sound of it is nowhere near as harsh as the normal ones. Apparently, it's something to do with it being analog rather than digital. And, and yeah, £50 compared to like the hundreds you'll pay for other ones and even that i emailed him and he was like oh paypal me it and it'll be less than that like 40 45 and i was like no because he originally had them on i think ebay and he was saying ebay fees they'll be 50 pounds yeah. and i was like i was like no nah, dude like 50 pounds cheap enough and like you deserve it sort of thing we're all trying to help each other along something but yeah 50 50 pound for a spirit box that's also got the the ability to play mp3s and stuff out for it i was just like what the fuck compared to the big ones and all he does is buys these little radios from china i think or buys them from somewhere and then modifies them a little bit and mm. and that's it would be good i mean the sort of recording feature is one something that would be good to have on a spirit box to be able to especially doing the esters to be able to listen back like other people to listen back and see so words coming through and match up stuff like that <laughs> Grandma, tell me you you know, I, I was going to bring all my stuff down as well, and now so so the S box, the other spirit box that I have that I've had for ages. Again, 
it's got an SD card port in it. This one isn't for playing sounds, but this one is for recording the sessions. Okay. So you can do it with this one. This one's a little bit more expensive. It's got some nicer features on it, like you can go and reverse, or you could. It's got a torch on it for some reason, and you or you can use it as a Bluetooth speaker and things like that. But yeah, that's that's got this functionality. Um, that's good. Mark Parsons says, "What got you all into the paranormal?" Michaela, I've spoken enough, mate. You can take this one at first <laughs> just before i go on to that i just wanted to say um i spent a lot of money on an sb11 a couple of years ago and um and it didn't work for me whatsoever i mean the actual thing worked but i didn't get anything through it so i traded it it cost me 200 and something pounds i was it was really expensive um i sold it for about 170 and um for about half that price i bought an sb7 which has been so much better. Um, and sometimes I think you can get better results the um, the cheaper it is sometimes. It's it's a really funny one. Like the SB7s and the SB11s are seen as the really good spirit boxes, the SB7 in particular, I think, because it's a bit cheaper. Um, that's the one that the vast majority of paranormal investigators go for. The SB11 is a funny one because although it's got all these fancy features, like you can play... Uh, dual channel and you can have one going in reverse and one going in forward and one on FM and one on AM at the same time. Biggest issue is with audio pareidolia being what it is, that then potentially just muddies things up even more. So potentially it's harder to hear things or there's more chance for audio pareidolia or more chance, chance for interference and stuff like that. So they seem like a a great bit of kit and I've wanted one for quite a while but then the more time goes on and the more I think about it, I go, well, it's £250 odd for a spirit box. And it's, is it any better than any other spirit box out there? Probably not. Mm. Yeah. So um, I feel like I've um, I've said so, uh, so many times in the last few weeks how I got into the paranormal. And I feel like I might be boring some people. So um, I will I'll say the short version. Um so my very first thing sounds way, way, way out. Um, but when I was a tiny little child, I flew down the stairs at home. Um, and I was about between two and three. And I jumped off the top of the stairs. I lived at my nana and granddad's house. And I remember being put down at the bottom of the stairs really gently. And I went and knocked on the living room door. And everybody was aghast because... I wasn't allowed to come down the stairs by myself, never mind at 10 o'clock at night. Um, and I still have this really vivid sensation of flying and then being put down. Now, make of that what you will. Um, move on. I was nine years old and a lot of children in my school and myself had this experience of seeing three hooded figures in the school field, well, next to the school field. And then 20 years later, um, I met somebody else from the same village who verified that she's seen them as well, which was a real moment for me because it wasn't just one thing that happened years ago. Someone verified it 20 years later. Um, and that when I was about 20, that's when I really started getting into it. And I lived in a haunted house when I was a student in Hull. Um, and we had lots and lots of experiences in that house loads of experiences so i just became obsessed after that how about you ash uh yeah i'll, I'll go in mine evening uh, hey, thanks for joining us 
think we've all uh, spoke with the Alien Twins. Bart, 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 Bart to investigate. I've only spoke to one fourth of uh, to investigate, <laughs> but carry on. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I mean, mine started more UFO. I'm more of a UFO guy. Um, we had a UFO sighting in 1997. I was 10 years old. Um, that kind of led to growing up being hugely interested in UFOs, and that kind of just expanded into ghosts, Loch Ness Monster, that type of stuff. And then about five, six, bloody hell, maybe seven years ago now, time goes so fast. Like, um, I had a weird ghost experience in a pub in Cheshire, um, which kind of well, I know for a fact that I had a ghost or a spirit or some kind of being uh, next to me uh, in this pub. And that just opened up to the whole, yeah, let's go more into the paranormal as well as the UFO type of field. Uh, so it's kind of growing on uh, from there. But yeah, mainly UFOs, but still, hopefully, especially this year, I'm going to talk about it in a bit more, doing a lot more paranormal stuff this year uh, with some of the stuff that I've got planned. Uh, coming up, so yeah, that's that's me, Mike. Um, much like Michaela, I feel like I told this story thousands of times, so I'll try and keep it as, as brief as possible. Um, up to about three years ago in 2021, I didn't believe in any of this, I thought it was all bullshit. Um, I thought the people were basically delusional. Uh, Patsy, my fiance, dragged me along to a ghost hunt unwillingly, and there were some things that happened that I couldn't explain. Uh, and me being a very logical and I guess more to the point obsessive person, I was like, what, what, what just happened? And that sent me down the rabbit hole. And much like taking the backs off of REM pods the minute I get them, I've just fallen into it and it's consumed quite a large amount of my life for the past three years, which isn't a negative, by the way, because I've met some fantastic people through it and it's been very enjoyable up to this point and again like we've been on investigations and had some mad things happen that mike of 2020 2021 would have just gone nah and just not even entertain the idea that it could have been paranormal or that it could be ghosts or whatever you know mm. yeah like I say about sort of the meeting people in the community like us three would have been complete strangers two three years ago yeah uh, whereas now i've met mike Mike's met with Kayla. I've not met Kayla yet, but will in person. Soon, will soon. Very soon, very, very soon. And um, again, that was that was a mad one because when I started getting into the paranormal, I was looking for a a podcast that I could listen to on the paranormal. A lot of them kind of pissed me off a little bit for various different reasons that I heard. And this isn't like me, well, it's me being a fanboy, let's be honest. I heard pursuing <laughs> the paranormal and I was like, oh, wow, I can really get on with these guys. And reaching out on Instagram for my own experiences before I know I'm a guest, and then a year down the line, it's a it's a monthly thing. And as you say, we've been out investigating Ash. Me and Michaela have met each other, and are going to be investigating with each other in the future. And it's just, it's just really nice to be honest to meet like minded people, even though you are all in various different parts of the country, miles away from me. Pretty much covering the whole. Of England, the three of us, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, AD, <laughs> one fourth of to investigate. Uh, I've done myself a shadow member as I'm here in the background lurking. We like a lurker. <laughs> uh, Nick says, uh, talk about the equipment. Uh, what if the spirit slash energy, whatever, just wants to chill 
and the equipment is disturbing them and they just want us to be quiet. If these experiences are even entities that can be communicated with, then it's not just a much bigger thing that we have no comprehension of. Nick, you always have the most far-flung, out-there, conscious, humongous brain questions, dude. Like, yeah, I absolutely agree. Like, no one knows anything about the paranormal. It's all theoretical. Who knows what equipment may work? Who knows what equipment does work? It could be disturbing. Are we dealing with residual or intelligent hauntings? Well, we no one knows what we're dealing with. So we're all just sort of walking around in the dark, stumbling over ourselves, seeing. Uh, it's, don't be sorry about it, dude. It's absolutely fine. Um, <laughs> we're all just we're all just we're all just walking around in the dark, stumbling over ourselves, and hoping that we can try and make something of what we think uh detects the paranormal right i think that they um if they don't want to have anything to do with us then they just don't communicate with us um i don't think they're sort of i i don't feel like they're stuck wherever they are um near us i think they i'm sure that they have um infinite capacity to go oh sod this <laughs> who's this interfering with my wavelength or whatever i'm off um i'm sure that we don't disturb them um i reckon that sometimes they're they're pleased to have anyone there i often try to imagine what it must be like and um i've i've heard it described quite a lot especially by people who have um, psychic or mediumistic sort of talents that say um, there are certain people that are like a beacon in the dark. So almost like these entities are wandering around in a kind of half light. And then when people try and communicate them, it's like a, a, a light goes on or a beacon goes on and they're drawn towards it. I like to think of that and that if they don't want to communicate, then they'll stay away from where all the noise is. That's just my my take on it. To, to compound that, and this isn't the the Michael, I'm a psychic, look at me show. When we first started going on our on our events with an events company, seemingly a lot of activity seemed to happen around my the group I was in and more primarily me, to the point that the events company started taking the piss and calling me by the ghost whisperer. And I was like, cool, thanks. <laughs> I, mean, to, I mean, to be fair, Mike, how often your name comes up, on the Alice box. It's and mad, right? It's, it's mad, every, mate. Every video watch, it's mad. Like, it comes up, Mike. Come on, Mike. Was like, can't, how, can't fake, how? can't even, yeah, can't fake that thing. Yeah. I just fucking, I switched this on the other day and I'm sure Mike came out of it within the first three seconds and perhaps he's going, you're going to answer that? I was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Not in my house, I am. Uh, AD says, what if these spirits are only projecting their presence when the right amount of energy is present for them to do so. They may lay dormant until we arrive and shake it up a little. Perhaps I mean a lot of stuff is based around kind of getting our energy up. And a lot of like things like Ouija board, stuff like that, we have to kind of warm up the board using your energy to kind of let whatever it is kind of um use that to, to move things or affect things. Um so yeah no good good point I think, That's me I, I think I go on. Sorry, mate, I was I was interrupting. I think it depends on what type of energy you mean, um, specifically. Like, jumping around, shouting, maybe not, but definitely in terms of if everyone's 
in a jovial mood and quite happy to have a joke and people are telling jokes and people are laughing, that does seem to definitely have an effect uh, on activity sometimes. The other weird one is almost when you, you're not actively investigating. You know what I mean? Those periods in the investigation where you're sitting around just having a chat, asking Michaela how her week's been or... Yeah. how the podcast is going and then all of a sudden you start to hear things happening around you when you're yeah, not, or, acknowledging, not acknowledging exactly. it. Exactly. Or when you're leaving a room, I find, um, you know, you leave a, a space that you've been investigating and you're all chatting uh, and you're going out. And I don't know if it's a combination of the going out and the chatting, but things seem to happen behind you. Absolutely. Uh, also, hello, Sarah. What's the GXO flag, Ash? <laughs> Evening, Josh. Evening, Sarah. Thanks for uh, joining us. GXO's company I work for. Uh, Josh is a fellow GXO. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> there you go, yeah. I actually thought he had a flight. I actually, I actually <laughs> <lost> <laughs> behind me or something. Um, Can I be a numpty and ask what GXO is? A logistics company. Oh, right. Um, yeah, transport. I, I feel Miss... happy with myself that I didn't know what that was then. <laughs> Miss, uh, Miss Sarah Ainsworth is saying, I think they feed off fear. Fear is a powerful energy. I find when we are laughing or if we scare people on purpose, then things actually happen. Uh, yeah, like Danny Moss did an entire series, right, called Project Invocation, where he deliberately put people in uncomfortable situations to try and induce fear and see if that uh, brought on paranormal activity. I think there's definitely something in it. Yeah, well, that's the whole thing of uh, Destination Fear, which is now Project Fear in the US. That's their whole thing, that that the more scared you are, the more activity happens around you. It's quite a common theory, I think. Yeah, 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 definitely. I was going to say before, when you're talk, talking about kind of the, the entities, whatever they are there, if you're at a place that has, like, say, investigation booked every night, and these, if, if there's, like, a certain ghost or entities that are in this building and the people different people coming every night doing the same experiments asking the same questions it must get very boring um i think all the here again i'm gonna knock twice because they've asked me to knock twice again um also like that and whether if that is the case where they're kind of aware that much that they might kind of play tricks have that kind of joker aspect to it um, and they might just mess around because they're kind of bored of doing the same thing every night mm. And just to throw people off. It's just weird to think that if there is some kind of conscious uh, intelligence that's talking back to like panel investigators, they might have that kind of aspect to it where they can have have a have a joke with them. Like in the UFO field, there's kind of called the, the joker aspect to it. Well, they might make themselves visible and then disappear, just like mess around with people and mm. play games on people. And it's like a real kind of theory behind some sightings and stuff, and that kind of same stuff could be happening in good how about well. how about this for an idea i've always wondered this um do you get more activity in somewhere where people go in every single night like the place we mustn't name um, <laughs> you know where <laughs> uh, people just go in every night or a lot of these places that that hire places out um is that more likely to get activity or is it, or does it kind of wear out the activity slightly? Does it use up the energy? Because sometimes, and I've earned, I have to say, I've only got YouTube videos to, to go on by this, which is not a great thing to do. But, um, unless they're from Paramike, 
Yeah, well, yeah, obviously. But if you look at some of these where people go into truly derelict houses that are not normally investigated, sometimes the energy and the things that happen in those places is phenomenal and almost bordering on dangerous. So would that energy still be as violent if people went there every single day for a year? Or is it the fact that it's built up and no one's been in and then they go in and it all bursts out? I, I don't know. What do you it's, reckon? It's a tough one. It's almost as if investigating can sometimes take away from it away from it. Like we've just said, like sometimes if you ignore things, they start to happen. Now, if you've got like pubs, for instance, pubs are notoriously haunted. And I can only think that this is for the amount of time they've A, been standing and B, the amount of footfall that comes through them. Right. But the majority of the footfall aren't going in there, going can you give a sign and not actively trying to investigate hence why things happen and also it's probably a longer period of time where a couple of things happen rather than like a concentrated one evening sort of thing um in terms of investigations i think that a aspects that isn't explored very often and probably should be but a lot of people have got some very strong feelings about it is provocation now there's been instances where <laughs> i've gone into places and started to get bored and basically started trying to provoke them, say like, well, fucking go on then, blah, blah. And it does seem to start stirring things up. But again, it's one of those things that a lot of people don't particularly like. And it's a tough one because you're always told to be respectful whenever you go into an alleged haunted place, right? And the least respectful thing you can do is go into someone's That's house fine. and start, start calling them a shithead or something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? uh nick thompson's got uh, another statement or possibly question uh yeah nick says he does certainly believe that some people unconsciously have that connection like you mike so unsure what it is but their brain is more in tune with the energy and activity a key for the hidden lock that some people will never be able to unlock yeah i mean i i heard of it as when i was first when i was first starting to go down this path i suppose I want to sound so grandiose and grandiose and wanky. Um, <laughs> that it's it's like playing the piano. In theory, everyone can play the piano. It's just that some people are more, I guess, naturally gifted at, at the piano or can pick it up easier, sort of thing. And it's that sort of thing where I guess communicating with spirits or mediumship or whatever. Um, there's been some other stuff as well. I think Sarah's. Yeah, I was trying to catch up with some of these comments. Yeah, um... we've got Mark. Uh, <clears throat> I go to Mark's one in a sec. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. What, what Sarah said here. Uh, I think a lot of activity residual from the people that come investigate. Think about how many people in haunted locations knock consistently time and time again. Surely those knocks stay behind, stone tape theory, where kind of times we play in. And what we, so, yeah, is what we're hearing. The knocks we're hearing, someone that knocked a year ago in the same place, knocking. Could that be one explanation for? Especially some places like that place, which I'm not, not named, where I've had very intelligent responses and knocks on commands, stuff like that. Could that be me here with another investigator knock two months ago? Possibly. Maybe. Time replaying itself. Mm. Yeah. Here's uh, with the next one, Ash. <laughs> Uh, Mark says, uh, I've only had two panel experiences with spirits, both involving other people. One of these experiences, books flew off a bookshelf. It was a very frightening experience at the time. 
that's what really got me into the paranormal. I mean, yeah, and stuff this like is, that is going to be really. This like, is exactly it, right? If for some people, Mark, you might go to them and say, "I was in a room and books flew off a shelf," and they'll go, "Yeah, of course they did," and never believe you. But because you've had that experience and you can't explain it, you're just like, "Well, the paranormal has to be real, right?" Because it's such an experience-based field that the only way you can really get into it is having a personal experience. Because like Michaela said, a lot of stuff on YouTube's fake. You're not there, so you're not sure what's happening behind the scenes. The only way to actually, in my opinion, properly believe in the paranormal is to have some sort of lived experience and be like, I can't explain that. It's like my one. Um, people could give out different theories or explanations for what happened to me in the pub. Uh, but to me, I I know that happened. And no one can ever tell me otherwise. I don't have any proof, but to me, that's the proof which is enough for me. Yeah. To know it doesn't, that there is, there's it, something there. It doesn't need proving because you know that's what it was. Mm. And people people might say, well, you just think that, blah, 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 blah. But the problem is they weren't there at the time it happened. And they didn't experience it like you experienced it. So it's very difficult to try and naysay people. Yeah, and also you, these days there are so many videos out there. You you can't trust anything but yourself, really. Um, you know, you can watch videos. Sometimes I watch videos and I think, "Wow, that's amazing," and then I feel a little bit sad, sad and inside because I think, "Well, I can't really trust that that is how it seems to be." Um, and so you can only only really trust yourself. You are your own barometer when it comes to things like this. Hmm. Adi says, kind of on the back of what you're talking about before, there's a lot of urban explorers that tend to hunt these places down, like empty, derelict places, and investigating its fab, it's refreshing, too, as it's new. Uh, a couple yeah. of comments, just catch one here. Sarah says, think they feed off fear. Fear is a powerful energy, and kind of in their places, just naturally that kind of heightened sense of anxiety and stuff like that, it's always going to be heightened. Maybe they can draw on that. Um, and Geraint, welcome to the chat. Thanks for joining Geraint. us. Geraint. Geraint. Sorry. My, <laughs> one of my... Gare. <laughs> it's really It's a, a lovely Welsh name. Sorry. Is... <laughs> I just yeah, said correct. it because I've got a really good friend. <laughs> Stand corrected by the teacher, Michaela. <laughs> <laughs> a lady who has a Welsh friend. He'll probably put me down now and go, no, you don't, you don't pronounce it like that. <laughs> I, I, have a Welsh, I actually have a Welsh friend. I don't know if you know that. But... <laughs> I have one. <laughs> uh, yeah, he says, uh, I find grief tends to bring a unique energy, not always good, not always bad. You find investigators that are more successful have a, have a tendency to allow their energy or emotions to manifest. My personal experiences seem to corroborate this. Yeah. It kind of goes back to what we saying about when you asked before, kind of what type of energy. Um, fear energy, grief, emotion, emotional energy. Yeah, is that Ela what Ela elation, fear, yeah. amusement? Yeah, like, admittedly, they could all boil down to the same energy, but who knows? Very well pronounced. Hey, okay. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I shall tell my friend. Uh, Sarah mentions female energy. Um, looks like there might have been studies on female energy attracting activity. Could be thinking up a lot of this where kind of you hear stories or read stories where kind of male ghosts tend to go for like females 
investigators and stuff. Um, so you see quite a lot of that. So that could be could be some some legs to that. I think generally speaking, um, people who tend to be more on the sort of mediumship spiritual side of things tend to be more skewed female to male as well the male as well. Um, but that may be a male ego thing where men just go, no, that's fucking bollocks. Don't want to think about it anymore, right? Mm. Could be, could be. Um, can going back onto the topic. That was a great little um, digress. Uh, I'm, I'm liking this, mate. Let's just answer questions all night, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's working. It's working. Yeah, man. Um, I'm going to ask Michaela what type of equipment you like using, or what's your go-to, let's say. Um, always the voice recorder. Always. Um, I think as I'm, I don't know if I'm getting more cynical as I'm doing this more, but it's the only thing that I really trust. I mean, I've got a REM pod. I haven't got lots of equipment because I'm not very well off um, and I can't afford to spend two or three hundred pounds on stuff. So um, I have a big wanting list and a small have list. Um, but I've got a, I've got um, an EMF meter, um, one that's used for workmen, and I've never got that to do anything. The K2, I've got to work OK. Um, I've got um, an SB7. I've got I've used all sorts of bits and bobs. But the only thing that I've really got good results on is my Sony voice recorder. And there's just something really um, when when the K two goes off, it it doesn't like fill my heart with joy. It's just like oh, the light's gone off. And when the REM pod goes off, the same thing. And even if we're sort of getting interactions, the only thing that makes my heart sing with joy and go oh, that really is paranormal because there was no one talking and yet it's caught a voice on there is the voice recorder. I, I agree. Like I think a lot of, and I'm a huge advocate for all the tech and all the equipment, but I think that K2s, REM pods, Alice boxes, spirit boxes should only ever be considered uh, a, a capture of activity when they sort of triangulate something else. Like a K2 going off by itself isn't, it's not an indicator that something paranormal's happened. Now a K2 mm. going off when you hear a massive bang against the wall, maybe there's something in that. But yeah, like um equipment should be used in conjunction with other things going on to try and triangulate evidence as mm. as our friend D Moss loves to say. Well, I your friend, I <laughs> well, I have to say that um, you know, Mr. Moss and I do disagree on certain pieces of equipment, but that's okay. Um, because people have different opinions. Because he's um, wrong. <laughs> he's, he's never wrong. This is not no, no, no. Just, just joke, joke, joke. Um, and it certainly, it certainly doesn't listen to my opinion. Uh, anyway, um, so I, I agree with him. I, cat balls, just stamp on them or give them. Fucking chuck them, chuck them away. Yeah. Um, in, a lot I... of stuff. I'm not really into SLS either. I don't know. There's just something that feels too easy about it um it's ouija boards i used to be massively into um and if there's time later i'll i'll just give you a little dip into when i was at college in hull we had uh, several months of ouija boards and that was incredible um, i've never been able to replicate anything like it since ever 
Um, so I don't know. I'm up and down with that because it's also it's not measurable. Um, you know, it could be the idiomotor effect. It could be us doing it. Um, I, I'm my jury's out. My jury was well in, and now it's kind of filtered out again <laughs> with things like that. But there are so many things that I feel we can't trust the data of or or the use of. Um, and it, it, it does, I don't like the fact that I'm becoming more cynical as I get older. I think that's a good thing in a sense, though, because it means you won't just fall for anything that's shown to you and and believe it's paranormal. I like I, I see some of the stuff that gets put out and it makes me really, really depressed to the point that I think, what's the fucking point of me bothering doing this? Because what people want to watch and find entertaining is so far removed from the reality of what paranormal investigating is i'm just like oh fucking hell is it worth doing this uphill battle um go back to what you said about sls cameras sls cameras are complete bullshit and i'm sorry if i offend you but they are the fucking it's an xbox connect that you're told to keep static Mm. and on a tripod and rather than fucking wave it around like it's harry potter's wand um and and yeah they're they're designed to try and map um human shapes hence why we'll pick up a chair or a coat hanger and go that's a fucking person there and when it can't work out the the chair's got four legs that's why the legs are always going crazy while it looks like something's sat on the chair they're bullshit they've been debunked so many times yeah, and once, like, yeah, once again, like the... humongously expensive sorry ash carol mate i've got to say i mean the price i've seen 400 pound quoted for someone to build an sls camera which basically connect connected to a camera like literally that's all yeah 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 and what you're actually paying for primarily is the fucking windows tablet because an xbox connect are now out of production end of life and you can pick them up for about 30 pounds or maybe a bit more on ebay uh and the software for the whole ghost hunting sls camera you can download for free so all you're really paying for is the windows tablet which don't get me wrong is expensive and then someone to basically mount it all for you but it's uh, Mm. Go on a holiday. Don't spend it on a fucking SLS camera. <laughs> yeah. Just go like, just go a little deep into the SLS, like how it works. Because like the Kinect, like you say, was used for gaming on the Xbox, where it'd be stationary by your TV, and then you would move, and that they would mirror your movements in the game. Yeah, so it's tracking. That's right, tracking movements. So if you're walking around a bit, and it sees like like, like a, a pole, and because you're moving the camera, the Kinect thinks it's moving. And that is the person, so it then gives a human mm-hmm. figure because you're moving around. So it's, in its head, it's only trained to recognize that, oh, that's moving, it must be a person. So it'll identify it as a person. And it's like the vague shape of a, yeah. of a human. No, that's, that's literally all it is. It's actively looking for human shapes. So anything that looks remotely like a human, it will um it will map. It's like your um like your camera app with the face recognition. Point that at uh, like a Hello magazine or something and watch it go crazy for all the faces in it because it's still picking up on faces despite the fact they're not 3D or anything, right? Mm. That's a really bad example, by the way, and you can chastise me for that. But I really like the idea of um, using an old tape recorder. I hadn't thought of that before. I've just literally gone on to eBay now and I'm kind of looking through the old manual tape recorders, although I don't know. I'm sure you must be able to tape, buy the tapes. I really like that idea. I'm going to try that. Thank you, um, Gare, and I think it was Sarah that mentioned Sarah, it. Sarah, yeah. 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 
So I'm going to try gonna, that. I'll tell you what I did. A house full of, full of old, old uh, cassettes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I bought, though? <laughs> I bought, somebody told me um, the old tube radios are really good. And I bought this massive one that's in the living room now, much to my husband's chagrin. Um, it's about this big and it's kind of oak with a big old 1940s dial on it. Um, and what I didn't appreciate was that I couldn't really carry this big thing around with me to, to these destinations. So it's only ever been to one place. And sadly, we didn't get anything at the time. But um, I'll, I will try it in the future. I like the idea of using these old things and seeing whether you get any results. I mean, it's, yes, yeah, as good as anything, right? We don't know. Uh, hello, Patsy. Hope you're well. Um, just go back to the previous comment. Is it the Patsy? It is Jeez. the Patsy oh. party. The PlayStation I toy was fucking banging, by the way. <laughs> Perhaps instead of ghost hunting, you could be like fighting little ninjas on the screen or something, you know? <laughs> so has anyone got any other um, ideas, or uh, anybody who's watching, of, of kind of random pieces of, equi of equipment that they've had really good results with, like tape recorders and things like that? Let us know. Because I'm always up for buying something weird and old and trying it out. I hate to say it, and and they're mad expensive, and they're often wrong. But the Alice box for us, like, it, it's taken a while for it to warm up. Then Patsy can attest to this in the comments if she's still actually watching, or if she's just checked in. But it's taken about a year for it to warm up to us. But when it's right, it's right, and it's just like. There is zero fucking possibility. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a possibility that it is just a coincidence, but there's slim to no possibility that what comes out of it is coincidence. Like the amount of times that it said my name, for instance, and it's got, I think, something like 2,000 words in it. So my name coming up semi-consistently on investigations is shouldn't be happening. Or the time that I put a tarot card in an envelope, only I knew what the tarot card was. And then later in the investigation, I said, can you tell me what card this is? <laughs> can you tell me what card's in this envelope? And the Atlas box spits out moon. And I lose my fucking mind because the card in the envelope was the moon. And I'm just like, this, it's not possible. Amazing. It's not possible. Yeah. Like, stop. <laughs> or like the time we, we went yes, to Yes, me too, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> I just wrote it on here. Yeah. Alice box. <laughs> Well, the time we went to Soulgrave Manor, and I've got video of it. Patsy's looking around the room, not really interested. We've just got down into the basement. She switched the Alice box on. She's not really paying attention. And found and pound come through at the same time. And she looks and goes, what the fuck did I just say? Because she'd literally just put her hand on a, a pound coin in her pocket and found a pound. And it's just like, what the fuck? Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, oh, it would be quite good if it came up with my name because my name would definitely not be in it. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, or Mike, Michael A. <laughs> Michael, Michael with an A on. <laughs> <laughs> Michael and Michael A, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, there's a, a very nice uh, lady who's a historian who's going to be a guest on my show soon. Plug, plug, Penny Morgan. Um, Penny Morgan Griffiths and she calls me Michaela with an A because the first time I met her at the Festival of the Unexplained last year she was like what? oh what's your name and I went Michaela Michaela Michael with an A on so now she just calls me Michael with an A brilliant uh, 
Maybe grid. it has a laser grid. I've seen them. I've never used one. Um, yeah. Because that's supposed, ha- supposed to capture things walking through it, I guess. That's yeah, that's like any any shadows that move or anything. Yeah, we we had one uh, and used it and never caught anything on it really either. Um, really interesting one from Sarah. Uh, I've been told to use her midwifery equipment and use my Sonicade to... So I might try that. I know this is going to be awkward as fuck. What is a Sonicade? Uh, <laughs> That's right. Is it an ultrasound wand? Maybe it could be something to do with that. When you uh, baby, baby heart, maybe? baby heart, baby heartbeat monitors. Yeah, maybe with ultrasound mm. gel. Mm. You can get one for twenty six pounds. Apparently, you might have to. Really? Uh, yeah, it looks like that is looks cheap. like looks like a kind of like a cheap one. Yeah. Uh, Sonic A works on ultrasound. Listen to <laughs> and uh, and again, there's evidence to support that using ultrasound and infrasound can sometimes in, induce paranormal activity. Like Demos is a uh, is a no, huge he's fan. Big, yeah, he's, he's huge into that, right? And yeah, what's don't it called? Me... Is in, Intrabox? Is it the one Intra, that Intrabox? That I think yeah. Throws the yeah. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, like. There are certain frequencies of sound that start to mess with you. Like there's one that can vibrate your eyeballs and make you start thinking you're having hallucinations and stuff. So there is that element of it. But there's a lot of belief that ultrasound and infrasound can affect things, especially as they're outside of the human range of hearing. Yeah, well, that's the explanation for why uh, when a lion roars, it terrifies you, isn't it? Because they use infrasound. Um, And there's been a lot of research in the area of Bigfoot um, to show that the reason that when people see big hairy creatures, as if that isn't scary enough, the reason that they feel absolutely terrified is because of the infrasound. And sometimes infrasound by itself can give you a feeling of dread and terror. Um, Yeah. It, yeah. it can do all manner of weird things to you, like the brown noise, for instance, making you poo yourself. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but there's a lot of stuff on the infrasound spectrum that can that can do odd things to you. Joey says, will the ghost consent to being slathered with gel? They're big into ectoplasm, so why not? <laughs> and vibrating balls sound entertaining. Not, not sure where this chat's going. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, we have mentioned paranormal sex toys before on the on the uh, round table, I think. So I'm sure there's a market for it. <laughs> anyway, move, moving on. Uh, somebody kind of straight going. I think that was how you corrected me. Uh, use an EMF with an on display and get a standard EM uh, magnetic reading for the immediate environment, and I can discount any minor spikes under fifty. Yeah, like it's it's one of those ideals whenever you go on an investigation to take baseline readings. Fortunately, it's not always the reality, especially when you go on a public investigation, because all they want to do is get you uh, pushing a table around the room as quickly as possible. Mm. <laughs> uh, Sarah's got the phoneticon. Uh, generates words based on magnetic changes in the surrounding area. The other day, we've got some really interesting results. And we may get told more about that if she gets permission to talk. Yeah, the EMF, when we did the episode with uh, Demos, uh, the uh, UFO investigation uh, episode, 
Uh, it was coming to YouTube in the next couple of weeks, I think. Uh, available on the Paranormal Investigator VHX anyway. Um, we had the thing you read it, and it was all quiet. And we were in the middle of doing uh, the guided meditation for the kind of CE5 UFO uh, part of the episode. And it went mental. Went absolutely mental for about 30 seconds. There's no explanation for it. It just went absolutely mental. And then went back and just carried on um, as normal. It's just weird. Sometimes getting like these spikes yeah. kind of for no reason. You say, I can't really say it's paranormal. Uh, but then, I don't know. I mean, yeah. yeah, don't we know how they work, but... And did yeah. you see anything at the time? Did anything kind of correlate with it? We had a couple of things, not at the exact same time, but we had a couple of, of we had a couple of weird lights um, in the woods and in the sky. Um, and I saw, well, like a shadow or something white running behind one of the people that were there with us, uh, like running like across a path. Um, but apart from that, uh, not really. It's just, we had a few weird things happen around that time. When we were sat, like, so it's like it was middle of the night in uh, Delamere Forest, just four of us meditating up to the sky. Because the first time I'd done C5, and we had, yeah, some weird, weird stuff happening. And then that was just going off. She went, Oh, she's meditating. And she's trying to, like, obviously forget everything, clear your mind, just concentrate on the meditation, being guided by the meditation, and basically sending your thoughts out to space, basically, and saying, We're here. Come, come find us, say hello to us, basically, is what you're doing. And this was called going off the lab, and it's obviously distracted from the meditation. But then you think, why the fuck's that going off that that much? Um, yeah. Even Danny was like, well, this is crazy. Like, why is this going off uh, that Brilliant. much? Uh, I was going to say, Patsy had a comment about sonic weapons, similar, like akin to what you were saying, Michaela, about the infrasound of a lion's roar. Um, American embassies quite often are supposed to create feelings of anxiety and depression. So definitely something noise being the root cause of experience. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Bats. Um, American, uh, the American government, I believe, and possibly police are researching into sound-based weapons to have that exact effect on people. Um, in a number of poltergeist cases, sound is believed to be a massive thing in terms of making people feel depressed and making people feel anxious around things in terms of as well as making things levitate via sound waves so yeah there definitely could be something in infrasound ultrasound being a contributing factor to paranormal activity it's interesting not something i've really seen or heard of before either that's no it's uh, devices that pump out infra or ultrasound, generally speaking, are, once again, humong humongously expensive. And I think it's one of those things that maybe it's a bit too a bit too real rather than a K2 meter that could go off due to natural EMF fluctuations. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. Maybe they're a bit too accurate <laughs> that people don't like them. No, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, checking, not missed any comments. Say, we've got any more questionings. They're coming thick and fast. They nice were. comment from Geraint. Um, there's something about using a machine to capture a very human experience. True. Sometimes I think like, like we've had, we talked before about just doing the investigation where you don't take anything with you. 
just yeah. take yourself and just sit in a room, whatever, like you say, just chatting amongst yourself, not really doing anything and just seeing what happens and just be, yeah. remove yourself from the kind of scientific side of it and just experience it. It would be such a great experience. The only issue I have with that is when you spend an, <laughs> we spend a lot of money to rent somewhere out and then you're just going to sit there having a chat with people all night, you know what I mean? <laughs> spend a load of money to rent for ease drive and go in, all right? Let's, and I think someone actually did this. Let's have a game of Monopoly all night or something, you know? I'm sure I've heard a story about some a group doing that and they just sort of didn't acknowledge anything weird that happened around them and claim they had some good activity. Yeah. Well, sometimes I think you forget as well. You forget if it's really exciting and all sorts of things are happening. Um, it's it's better to just experience it rather than going, am I really going to sit and, you know, replay every little noise that I heard, uh, you know, several times? Or will I go through it once and go, oh, yeah, there was a noise there. But while you're busy switching on your equipment and pointing your camera here and there, you can miss things that are happening. So sometimes it is just really good to sit there um, and think, gosh, I'm really experiencing this thing that there's no explanation for. And it's almost as if, in some instances, when I put the camera away, more stuff happens. However, I'm, that's because I'm actually concentrating on things happening rather than concentrating on a tiny screen that I'm trying to film everything with. But yeah, you put the camera away and you're suddenly very much more aware of things that are happening around you. Well, I suppose we're so used to, with our mobile phones these days, we're so used to experiencing the world through a camera or a phone. Um, and sometimes we just need to put them aside and experience it for ourselves and go, I'm just taking it all in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like like at gigs and stuff, like I'll take one or two pictures, maybe a quick video that be it. Like just enjoy the moment. Then but then you have people who spend the whole hour and a half stood there filming It's like the person's there, you don't like Yeah, what's the you, point? You're of looking being at the there? person through a screen, look at the person that's right in front of you. It's just obviously used to their own. People like to preserve the, the memories and stuff. It's like yeah. the person's right there, like ten foot away from you, but you're watching them through a screen, like yeah. On the tiny screen. Yeah, yeah. Mate, just experience I, it. I I went when I was younger. I went through a a massive spate of going to loads of gigs, and I would almost always miss the first two or three songs because I was there to, trying to take photos and stuff. Before I know, I was like, "Oh, they play oh what? You three songs in? And it's like what? Uh, what was what was Pat saying? Sorry. Uh, sometimes we get more activity when sat around chatting compared to when we're actively trying to get activity. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we've. We covered that as well. Go on to, go on to the, the dot message real quick. Dot, it's, dot used to be a member of Everglow Investigations, the investigation company okay. that I go with all the time. Uh, great investigator. It's good to see you, Dot. I know she's taken a step back from investigating stuff, but it's good to see her. More important thing is trusting your own feelings. Sometimes we don't always say how we feel and wait for the gadgets to show things. Yeah, there's been plenty of times where I've felt something and not said it. And then later, a gadget said something, and it makes me look like a, a lying motherfucker when I go, I was thinking that, actually. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, oh yes, like, I felt that, too. Yeah, exactly. And, like, me and Dot have had some great experiences where she was part of the Everglow team, and she'd already been in the investigation and done a walk around. I'd show up with all my shit, and we'd do a walk around. And then Dot would come, come up to me afterwards and be like, 
did you feel anything? Did you did you get any feelings anywhere? And I just sort of look at Dot and go, whereabouts did you feel it? <laughs> uh, nine times out of ten, it correlated. And we'd be like, yeah, room upstairs with all like the, looks like a canteen with all the tables, this, that, never didn't like the feeling in that room. She'd be like, yeah, that's exactly where I felt. Yeah, so Dot is, uh, Dot's quality. Good see, Dot. Uh, Garrett says the sound thing makes me wonder about Skinwalker rants, experiences some have had there. By the way, Skinwalker would be a hell of a place to go if a little terrifying. I'd love to go. It would be mental, but the chance of getting in there is a pipe dream, unfortunately, isn't it? Mm. To be fair, that kind of brings us on too. That's a nice segue into Sophie Skinwalker rants has lots of different things going on. Uh, from say it's like there've been portals been seen to maybe other dimensions or whatever UFOs, creatures, skinwalkers, obviously monsters, all types of things happen. There are other other areas that are similar where they have lots of different things going on uh, around it or stuff like that. And like a place in the UK, like up on the east coast, uh, well the North Yorkshire way, seems to have a lot of weird things going on. Wolfmen, stuff like that. And you got places like Canic Chase. Uh, where I've been investigating uh, before. I don't know about you guys, but that's a place that's had all sorts of like UFO sightings, ghost sightings, black-eyed children, pigmen, Bigfoot, Wolfman, Ghost of Soldiers, all these different things we've seen in, in which, what, it's 26 square miles to, to chase. Uh, it's got war cemeteries there. Uh, it's got a place called Castle Ring, which is where we had probably our best kind of results, uh, which is an Iron Age kind of fort hill yeah um and yeah it's just an incredible place to to investigate the experiences we've we've you've been there Michaela, before I have. and i'll tell you what they were all having a night off when i went <laughs> <laughs> they literally all had a night off um we we walked around um castle ring pie tower around the woods the german cemetery you name it we went places um a member of our group felt like she got a little girl's voice through on the SB7 at Pie Tower, but diddly squat. And we were doing it for eight hours. We literally did it all night and then camped at Cannock Chase. Um, and sweet FA. <laughs> Except for the fact I felt like I was being followed at one point. And in my head, I felt like it was a big cat, but that was purely my imagination. But I did feel like something was tracking us, like... But it could have been a deer, it could have been a fox, it could have been anything. But um, it did spook me out a little bit. But besides that, I just think we went on a very, very quiet night. What happened when you've been there? Uh, well, well, the last thing that happened was very similar where there was three of us there. We'd been there all day, all night. We'd been at Castle Ring. And like we, like people were waving myself, I don't get freaked out that often. And we'd been there for hours, totally fine. And then it just the atmosphere just changed. And we all said to each other, we all looked at each other and just went, I think we need to go. So literally packed our stuff up. And like from Castle Ring, it's quite probably about a 10-minute walk, 10, 15 minutes walk from where we were, Castle Ring, on like a little bit of a hill path, to like a drop either side, going around the outside of this big circle area. And the whole time, and it's been around, it's pitch black. Um, so we had our torches in front of us, just like basically looking at our feet so we didn't walk into anything. And we all had the feeling of something following us. So we literally just like sped walk. Didn't want to run because you probably slipped. 
were just speed walked just behind each other. I was at the back. Like, all the time I was like, I feel like I don't want to look behind me. I don't want to look to the side of me because I think I'm going to see something. And that, that fear is just like, we just need to get out of here. It's really, really unnerving. Even getting in the car, I was like, even then, it's like, just, I don't want to be in the car, in this car park. I just need to get out of the actual area. It just felt like something that had been following us. It's just really weird. Because how kind of calm it had been, it just changed. In the second, all yeah. of us felt it. Because it wasn't just like one of us. All three of us sort of in the same instant, all of each other went, something's not right. It's just yeah. like that change. Like the atmosphere has changed. It's just absolutely uh, insane. And I can't wait to go back. Yeah, I'd really like to go back. Is was is someone whistling near somebody, or am I just completely? I heard, I heard that as well. It. it was like a sound. I didn't hear it. Yeah, That's and I couldn't figure out where it was coming from. I really, Patsy, is that you in the living room whistling? I really hope it is. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you heard it as well because I thought. Vaguely, and I thought it was. I, I'll be honest. I thought it was just where Ash was talking, and like he said a word, and it sort of just whistled for his teeth or something. So I didn't pay any mind to it until you entered. Some might have been, I didn't hear it. It might have been that. I've never. We can, heard we can listen you, back to it later, anyway. I've never heard you do it before, Ash. So I'll say that's something I'd usually do. But no, you're not <laughs> going <laughs> for your teeth or whatever, are you? I can't even whistle. Oh, of course, Patsy can't whistle, so it can't be her. Oh no! Thanks for, thanks for reminding me of that. I know, freak. Strange. Um, it might be because I'm in the haunted kitchen. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> have you Nick been to Canic Chase, Mike? I haven't. I have not. And we should definitely organise to go there. We should. We probably won't be able to stay past four o'clock in the afternoon because perhaps you'll get freaked out and want to leave by that point. But um. <laughs> but yeah, we should definitely, definitely organise something. Nick says with uh, Delaware yeah. Forest. Um, where did the investigation with uh, Danny M? I was going to say, serve you. Uh, I used to enjoy riding my bike through there until I listened to all the things that happened in the forest, which again is some insane stuff. There's werewolf stories, even a dragon apparently lived there, was seen there in the medieval times. Uh, just absolutely uh, crazy stuff. Sarah's heard loud growls in there. Um, it's mad because for. I mean, it is quite a big place, but not big, big forest. Like nothing like Canet Chase or any of the other, like North Yorkshire Moors, anything like that. Um, but again, there's still lots of tales of like Bigfoot type creatures and uh, stuff like that, which is uh, really weird. Um, just random thought from Nick the trees have been alive. Yeah, it's um, what they call an ancient forest. Uh, the trees have been there for like, for a lot of thousands of years, I think, some of the trees. Maybe they create some kind of more ancient energy we can't comprehend, and that's what causes lots of experiences in a forest. I mean, this is <clears throat> this is getting into the idea of um, nature spirits and things like that, right? Like I, elementals is probably the wrong word, but like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong on this because I probably massively am. Like the the fae that the Welsh believe in, for instance, I think they're sort of. Were they more fairies? I don't know. I'll, I'll shut up because I don't know enough about that sort of stuff. But yeah, in terms of like nature spirits, like women of water or spirits of forests and stuff like that. Um, like I think the Green Man is quite a quite a well thought of one. Yeah, the, 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 like the British kind of uh, Woodrow's, like calling the Green Man. 
Yeah, uh, I think we're talking about the same thing. And um, the fact yeah. with carvings of him, like going back to everywhere. So, yeah, <laughs> and in a lot of pubs as well. About well, there's green, green, green man pubs. Is there? Or am I thinking yeah. green king? Yeah, yeah. I was going to yeah, say there's some weird association with pubs. As a personal story, years ago with my old with my old group, I investigated a place called the Riverside, which isn't that far from me. Um, it's a pub that's ironically on a river, uh, and we weren't having an amazingly active night. And I think at one point we started to change the questioning to, are you a spirit of the river or are you associated with the water running by the pub? Uh, and seemingly we started to get more activity going down that line of questioning. So I was like, Ooh, we could be onto something here. Unfortunately, the group I was going with were, the best investigators and then continue to just go spirit if that's you are you a man or a woman rather than continue down the line of what we were actually getting yeah which, was, which yeah. sucked a bit but well oh, i well. mean you if you think about the fact that trees like nick says they've been alive for a long time and they must exude some sort of energy just by the fact that they're alive um and it is it is true that when you go into a forest at night time, it, I find them one of the most creepy places in the world. And and why is that? What is that energy? There is, you know, dark is dark. So why are forests scarier than just being sat in a cupboard? You know what I mean? Um, is it the energy coming from the trees? Is it the fact that they're so big? Is it the fact that you can't see if there's anyone there? It could be any of that or all of it, really. I do believe, um, kind of going a bit scientific, um, kind of more our evolution is that like man used to live in the forest and stuff, and the predators would always be in the forest. So it's kind of that innate fear that we don't, we don't have it, but we're still in like our genetic mm. makeup or whatever that we're afraid of what's in the forest because the predators are in there, we can't see them. That's, mm. I think that's where some of it could come from that kind of old, that, that's where the predators would be uh, back millions of years ago when it was like them times really when we um yeah. when paramite first started and we were going out and getting test footage and just seeing testing cameras and things like that uh we, we, it was it was during winter and we went to a local wood during i say night it was about six o'clock so it was dark but it wasn't like the middle of the night or anything and i took patsy with me obviously and i was like oh let's uh god let's go and walk around every fucking sound she was like what the fuck's that what the fuck's that no i ain't going in there it's too dark. we didn't at the end because despite how much i tried to force her she wasn't having any of it but <laughs> but yeah right. close your ears patsy next time just slip a little valium into a water bottle and then she can just have a really nice stunned experience as she's kind of wandering around going hey what's up hey she might be she might be meeting the fey people if that's the case you know <laughs> Uh, Sarah says trees are connected to the earth directly, as is everything that exists. Profound. That's why many people go there spiritually to ground and connect. Uh, Garrett, uh, yep. exposure is vulnerability where people off the forest. So maybe there's a deep connection there, both kind mm. of the same, similar. Yeah, yeah. Kind of themes. Yeah, if you're supposed to take your shoes and socks off as well, aren't you? To walk barefoot in the forest to actually. Really? Like, 
connect skin to skin, as they call it. Like no, it. Mm, I, I love on the on the sort of top investigative forest, I love it. Uh up in Tendlesham, Canuck, uh Delamere, up in Scotland at the uh, Galloway. Wanna to get to the North Yorkshire Moors forest up there as well. Just uh, obviously there's a lot of stuff you, you can you have to discount because it's wildlife. It's it's hard, it's probably harder because you cannot know there's always gonna be weird shit happening, weird noises. But I just think it was like being there and I don't get creeped. I only got creeped out a couple of times, but yeah, just get me in the forest. I love it. Literally what I was about to say was, do you not have to just discount the entire investigation because of all the natural noises and everything else like that going on? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I told me about some story before uh, with the Chihuahua and so like that. Um, where Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, just weird, weird stuff that like, could just be absolutely normal, but in the context, it was all a bit weird. But yeah, get me, get me in a forest. Um, quick comment from Nick: When you look at a leaf and the makeup of a leaf, and then the palm of your hand, it looks the same way. It blows my mind. Yeah, I mean the patterns repeat themselves throughout the universe. Um, absolutely crazy when you sort of dig into that side of stuff where. The same mathematical formula repeats itself. All the patterns repeat themselves. Um, really, ironically, I had uh, almost this exact, exact conversation at work today about the Fibonacci sequence. Hmm. And like, you write the same numbers that are seen repeating themselves through various different things throughout history that no one can really fathom why that's hmm. why that's the case. That's in a simulation. Uh, yeah, I think. I think at this point it's a simulation that we're creating when you start to look at AI and VR and the fact that your phone's listening to you and will show you results on Google or suggest things to you from conversations you've had. I think it's a simulation that we're creating and we're actually creating a virtual world for ourselves rather than living in the real world as such. Mm. Um, and it's only going to keep going, right? Because virtual reality and augmented reality, AI being AI and everything else. Apparently trees and plants and grass, etc., actually makes a screaming noise, but we can't hear. Maybe they vibrate differently. Sometimes I wonder if we can pick up screams on equipment or are we actually hearing the earth as it is? Um, I would imagine that even if equipment could pick it up, our range of hearing probably still couldn't actually hear it. So unless That's it was a horrible thought though. Yeah, unless it was something funky like how an IR light works that it sort of captures infrared and then shows it to you in something you can see. Um, I'm not sure if that will be possible, and I don't know if that exists. Uh, Dot says, I think the basic principle is we all connect with the elements and we actually tap into the earth, trees, natural water, it's natural energy. We use that to increase our own energy. We're so quick to discard it. I mean, yeah, I mean, everything's connected. I'll drink some water and then that will get reused. Someone else will drink it probably a couple of weeks' time. Somewhere I, don't really know what you're, I don't really know what you're into, <laughs> mate. But is, that, is that really for this podcast? Do um, you know what? When I um, explained that to the children in my class, I love doing that because they're just so horrified when I go, you know that drink of water that you just had? That's dinosaur wee. And they all go, oh, no! And it's just fabulous. And then their little minds, you can see when you sort of explain how it works, their little minds are just like, it's fantastic. 
Geraint will love to see an investigation, i.e. Pendle Hill in Trelec on the trail of Jack O'Kent. Not too sure. No, I've never heard of one. Jack O'Kent. Uh, I want to go up to a anecdote from Sarah. Uh, it's, so, it's so big, it's cut it off, Sarah. <laughs> I, might even, I, might to, I might not be able to read the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, when the phoneticon was on charge, go back to the equipment, he was generating so many words, and the phoneticon never usually goes off that frequently. We noticed it kept beeping and asked for a word that we would all understand. It generated the name of AD's mum. It was the anniversary of her passing that day. Wow. We got a few corresponding words. I asked for it to say blanket, a word that came up on Pendle Hill, and it generated the word blanket on demand of all the words it could generate out of thousands. Wow. That's incredible. Wow. I mean, first off, kind of sorry to hear that, AD, if she's still around. But yeah, that is mental. Uh, <laughs> that is mental. Like, what's what would? How could you even work out the probability of that happening? Right. Mm. To say a name. Yeah, and then on to, uh, not even that. Just that portion of it. The portion of can you say blanket? And it says blanket back to you. And I'm pretty sure uh, the Fanaticon isn't one of those ITC devices that is listening to you via some sort of microphone. Because I don't even think it has a microphone in it. Right. It's only it runs off EMF. Yeah. That's crazy. It really is. Nick says, maybe all of this is the Matrix and the Paranormal just been written into the program to keep us running in circles. Or maybe it's... Well, it's keeping me interested. <laughs> maybe it's parallel universes that we uh, that somehow overlap with ours at certain points in time. And that's what ghosts are, are in it, ourselves in a, in a different universe. Just leave that yet. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> I think, yeah, we could go on for another hour, I think, talking about Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, yes, but being sort of next point, yeah, because we're, we're chasing the paranormal, we're not chasing the Matrix. We're not going to figure a way out because we'll, they put in these things like UFOs and ghosts to keep us, people that are more open-minded, constraint on them not finding out the way out the matrix i mean i think governments do a good enough job of keeping us distracted from what we should really be paying attention to enough anyway right not to make this political and that's the last i will say on that but <laughs> <laughs> nice one cheers sarah yeah good to see you sarah bye um see any comments the thing about the uh, plants screaming and stuff, I have heard or read that plants can, can feel pain and stuff like that. And uh, the partner used to be vegan. And like, it's one of the anti-vegan arguments. Like, we can't eat trees or plants now because they can feel pain. So what are you going to eat? And all stuff like that. But there have been studies into that, like they can feel pain or let's say like they scream um, as a way of putting it. Yeah. Uh, comments. I think we're pretty much up to date. So, is it time to discuss our future endeavors? Yes, it could be. It could be. Kayla, you've got something very, very soon. Do you want to talk about it? Or you don't have to. 
Where you're going. I'm going to the place that shall not be named. Um, Mordor. <laughs> yes. And um, I'm, I'm going to Harry Potter World. No, I'm not. I wish I was, but it's so expensive. I'd love to go. Um, I am going to my haunted hotel, which is also Danny Moss's haunted hotel, uh, but I like to adopt it for myself while I'm there. Um, so I'm going there with Twinvestigate this week. So I'm very, very excited about that. Um, and then um, the next thing on my calendar, actually, is meeting up with um, you gentlemen. Um, and I'll pass it back over to for you two to tell everybody all about that. I'm going back to my haunted hotel. <laughs> um, and then I'm meeting Mike up at the Stoke Museum. Which I'm very end of about. end of March, yeah. Me, yeah. Michaela, and some other of my paranormal cronies are going up to the Stoke Museum again. Hopefully, it's as active as it has been to us before. Nice, I enjoyed it there. Nice. You'll, uh, you'll enjoy it there, Michaela. It's got it. Cool. I, I really liked it. No, I'm looking forward to it. Mark says, "What's your take on the Miami alien incident?" I'm going to assume this is the Mal. Uh, thing and that was a load of shit. That was it. Was um, it was teenagers fighting and they sent out a calling all cards, cards calling all cars alert, which is why there was about 60 police officers there because apparently the teenagers started rioting and the whole alien thing was just people looking for clout on the internet making shit up. I saw that videos have been put from other incidents. And claimed to be from the Miami, but from it, yeah. that one, yeah, yeah, because they said that actually inside the mall that people saw a portal and creatures coming out of the portal, didn't they? Inside, not not even about the the shadow alien, you know, that was fifteen feet tall but following is, people. Is that just an eyewitness account? They were eyewitness accounts, yeah. Yeah, right. I saw an alien when I was walking to work earlier today. I mean, that's the amount of people that were there. Um, there'd be proper videos. And yeah, everyone's got a photo nowadays, work. right? So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah sadly, um, it'd be a really random place like uh, Dawn of the Dead slash Stranger Things UFO film happening. <laughs> <laughs> Dawn of the Dead alien version. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Stoke Museum end of March should be good. Not that this will mean a lot to you, Michaela, but I definitely want to try and investigate the upstairs a lot more because that's where we got the most activity, and I want to be up there and see if uh, uh, see if it's the same while we're up there. Yeah, what are you up to, Ash? Besides meeting up with us, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, can't wait, can't wait for that. Um, Paranormal wise, um, currently looking to get some cheap equipment, so I may have a look at one of them spit boxes. Um, I'm working on something for the podcast, which I will talk to you two both about separately, uh, which I have talked about before, and not actually sort of told you about. Top secret, um, yeah, top secret. Um, yeah, we're meeting up in April um, at a special place, which we'll talk about near the time. <laughs> um, yeah, I want to get to 
either Kallik or Delamere Forest again to do another investigation in the forest. Like I said before, I just want to get more into the paranormal stuff this year. Um, just because I think there's a lot of unexplored stuff that I want to tap into. And that's obviously UFOs are still the main focus for me. Uh, but just do more more uh, paranormal stuff when they get any extra weeks in the year to I've conquered the UFO world (laughs) take on the paranormal yeah yeah I've got the biggest (laughs) website in the UK that'll do me uh... (laughs) what's that website called Ash? Uh, UFO identified that called the UK it's on the screen right now just uh, fucking hell a little plug there well I've actually took down a database at the minute I don't know if you saw uh, the MUFON database got hacked Oh shit! Uh, basically, oh, really? uh, basically, obviously, that's the biggest database. That's but these seventy years old. They got hundreds of thousands of sightings on there. And basically, it got hacked, and they were locked out of their own database uh, by this group. I'm not sure that was only a few days ago. Like probably about four or five days ago. So I think that's still going on. Um, so obviously, in we're, we're obviously nothing compared to Mufon. Uh, but the fact that they seem to be targeting, I mean, mine's a database, it's the biggest database in the UK. Um, mm. So it's what, just in case. So just took down uh, kind of our database for now, just um, just precaution, just to make, just in case, see what happens with this one. Yeah. Um, I don't be locked out of uh, my website or my database. You know, the point I don't know about it in this group, because obviously move on massive. But yeah, just uh, as a precaution. Nick says, when you're in Chester, it's in the hotel taking a ghost tour. Chester's, I mean, Chester's an amazing city. It's, uh, yeah. yeah, walking the walls and the history and stuff. It's just a really nice city uh, to go to, as well as obviously the hotel. And Delamere Forest isn't far uh, from there either. So, yeah. I think that's it, I can't remember. Um, Nothing else. Yeah. No. I was I was gonna um, quickly tell you about my Ouija board experience, wasn't I? In yes. Hope. Yes. Go for it. Because I know you're quite interested in Ouija boards, aren't you, Ash? I don't mind them. Am I right? You don't mind them. Um, So this, this, you are. Go on. Go on. No. Go on. (laughs) So when I I was a student in Hull and we lived in an old um, Victorian terraced house, really tall house. There were um seven bedrooms altogether and um in in the spirit of uh, landlords in the late 80s and early 90s um some poor old lady had died and uh, we basically moved in a couple of weeks later um they'd done nothing to the house except for take up the carpets and put down these really really cheap kind of almost underlay carpets um so all the wardrobes and stuff that were in there were her wardrobes um and i didn't even have a bed in my room i just had a a, a mattress on the floor but we thought it was great we lived there and um we used to come home um every night that we went out which was most nights a week um in the true spirit of being a student and we would do the ouija board now i made the ouija board because i'd been doing it when i was at school in the art cupboard um and so I was the kind of the go-to Ouija board maker. And so I just used a big, um, it was an A1 piece of white card. I drew the Ouija board on it. And we used to use a little glass, 
a bit like um a bit like the ones you can get nutella in now the little kind of ovalish glass mm. um and we did the ouija board and the results were phenomenal unbelievable um we used to do it usually there was us and this group of lads that we went around with so there might have been six or seven people on it at a time and it used to go so fast this glass that you just it was like this you could hardly keep your fingers on it and often the glass would just fly off and we'd have to get it back and put it back on again um and we got this one particular spirit through that was uh, that claimed to be in the house and we could ask her anything um and it was it got so obsessive that we started to have a secretary and so one person each night would sit with with paper and a pen and write down everything that was asked and everything that was said um and we did it got a bit unhealthy really because we were so obsessed with it um and and it got to the point where i think we were sort of taking the mickey out of it and it wasn't really happy because we started asking things like um you know who does who does helen fancy and then it would tell us and then you know um what color knickers has claire got on and and then it would tell you and just stuff that you wouldn't be able to say unless you knew do you know what i mean claire wasn't sat there getting the the Ouija board to say that she had red and white spotty knickers on. Do you know what I mean? It was just, it was too much. It was too much. It was too accurate. Um, and we had lots and lots of strange goings on. Um, but then it got to the point where it started being really sinister and it started telling members of the board to kill other members of the board. Um, and we stopped it. We just stopped it we tore up the board and we didn't do it again um and since then i've been on i haven't really liked to do it because it really really freaked me out actually that when it got to, to be really sinister and um and things started happening quite a lot in the house we heard people calling our names um i saw a big kind of ball of light going up the stairs one day i used to have things falling off the walls in my room and my stereo used to come on in the middle of the night at full blast and absolutely shit me up um and, and it got too much um so i have done it since then but i'm very tentative and i don't really like doing it on ghost investigations because i've sort of fallen fallen out with it if you know what i mean so and and i can't explain what happened in all those months but it was full on really full on that's crazy. Um, so, so you didn't kill anyone? No, uh, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Not from that session. Um. <laughs> but it was, it was really. I, I can't dispute what what we saw, um, and I'm still in touch with four of the people who used to do it, and we all have the same opinion and had the same experience. Um, sadly. Um, my friend Emma had all the the scripts that we that we'd written down, but when she after she moved back home, she must have had a big clear out. And she says she hasn't got them anymore. So I'd love to see those now to see what it said. Absolutely yeah, love to see them. 
Definitely. Even Jordy. Uh, I guess for me, Ouija boards, use them a fair bit. Add some, let's say, interesting stuff, but I'm always, I don't know. It's, yeah, on the fence. Um, I guess, not Mike, you've got your opinions on. Uh, well, not using. Yeah, you don't probably like best, probably to use best them, not yeah. to go into my opinions because it'll piss people off, probably. But yeah, <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, I just don't want to use them. I don't, yeah, I've just, I've seen of every Ouija board, uh, bearing in mind, I've never touched any, so take this with a pinch of salt. But um, of every Ouija board session I've seen, uh, there's always been some element of it could have been the idiomotor effect or it could have been something that's obvious or it could have been people on the board asking questions that they know the answers to yeah. and whether consciously or not they could be pushing it we went to an event and um and someone came downstairs saying how they'd contacted someone on the board and it was and it was the most mind-blowing mind-blowing thing they'd had through about a, a girl who was murdered on the premises and one of the people on the board was a personal friend of the girl yeah, so I like, think you really have to. Like... You have to trust people very, uh, you know, very much before it means anything. I think I don't think you can just yeah. do it with random people. No, um, the in, the interesting not. thing we did was we put washing up liquid on the top of the glass, hmm. um, and it still worked when we were doing that. So whatever was conducting through the glass was still working through the washing up liquid. And there was literally no way that we could, I mean, we could barely keep our fingers on it. Um, but then, as I said, anything that's happened in the last 20 years has, has made me think, well, I don't know now. It's yeah. I, I think if, if they're ever going to be taken as any form of, credibility there has to be in, there has to be um checks and balances in place and whether that's blindfolding people or whether that's someone not on the board asking questions or as you say using washing up liquid on your fingers so it's it's harder to push or whatever um there has to be that added to it to try and make it credible rather than turn them up me going what's my last name while I'm touching the Ouija board, then all of a sudden it spells out my last name and it's like, okay, cool. Well, I'd fully know that. And chances are the majority of people on the Ouija board know about that as well because they've come with me. Do you know what I mean? Like... Mm. Dot says when she was 15, her first board spelled out the name of her sister-in-law who died when she was five. And nobody knew. Cool, it's definitely cool. pretty freaky. Uh, NSPS, good evening. Uh, Jody says, I think it all depends who does the board with you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Trust. Yeah, people, uh, you, like, uh, as your experience, Ash, when you went to Antwerp, the worst thing you can do is jump on a board with a bunch of randomers who you've never met before. Because, yeah, definitely. You help you me, investigation in general, you've got to be people you trust. Otherwise, yeah. There's just far too many other. There's already a lot of outside of you've got to consider. And throw in 30 people you don't know. It's just. Yeah, just not for me to. Yeah, and we went ones. We went to Bowls Over Castle a while back, and it was a public event, so of course there was a Ouija board there, um, and a bunch of people started doing it, and uh, they asked for a first name, and it went D, U, and then one of the people on the board went Dudley. Is your name Dudley? Of course it fucking is, because you just shouted out rather than letting it finish, and then there was a bunch. They told this huge convoluted story, convoluted story about 
this and the other at one point they asked what year what year that i think it was like what year dudley was born and then they asked uh what year he died or something and then they went oh let's ask its age and just before they asked its age one of the blokes on the wall went 38 so he'd already done the math and worked it out has verbalized that she said come on guys and admittedly public event people are there just to push a fucking planchette around and go oh spooky but come on guys this is incredible yeah definitely definitely um, um unfortunately jody and nsps we're actually about to wrap up yeah i gotta say i think that's everything check the comments of this uh Before nick thompson's finish. asking about the girl the gross the girl the ghost the grave so fuck me it must be time to turn off guys i'm losing my motor functions um the girl the ghost the gravestone is what nick's talking about it is phenomenal it's really good yeah and it's great to see the bbc putting money and effort into some more of the real paranormal side of things where it's not just like someone turns up gets told a ghost story and they go fucking hell uh the woman actually investigates it and starts looking through historical documents about it and everything else. Yeah, that, that yes, Nick, that bit was a bit dodgy. I did, um, I did think that that was the only bit that made me go, hmm. Um, but they were a bit dodgy, those people, weren't they? I don't think they were, they were my least favorite bit of the program. I'll, I'll, bite, I'll bite my tongue, Michaela. Um, yeah, uh, and yeah, that's probably definitely the case. Dot. I mean, it's a, it's um, similar to any equipment, right? Uh, it's final right, question uh, then. Yeah, uh, from Joe. I think I said that differently every time I've said it. Uh, I often see interactions on the board to be predominantly nefarious or sinister. What do you guys think? I mean, Michaela's story definitely went sinister. Um, proper scary movie. Um, like, well, yeah, scary movie, horror movie type uh, story coming out of that one. Yeah. Uh, that kind of continued. That would have been uh, interesting about you, Mike. Um, I think, and this is going to sound very TikTok and very woo, I think the intent is a huge part of it. Um, if you go into using a board intending to be open and that you will experience something that's light and nice that'll probably happen if you go in intending that it's going to be nefarious and sinister that's probably going to be the case again another one of my anecdotal stories about when i went on a ghost hunt um there was a team there from essex and they were oh we're going to use a ouija board oh we always seem to get we always seem to get sinister stuff whenever we go investigating and because they expected that lo and behold that's what happened like the board started spelling out Satan or something like that. And I was just like, okay, here we go. Like, I think they'd watched one too many horror movies. Yeah. Who knows where it comes from? It's like, it's the whole kind of um, thing around it of it being a, a, a demons and dark and stuff because of the, the, the movies. Kind yeah. of people go in with that mindset and then that maybe creates them results because it's in their mind that it's going to mm-hmm. be scary or it's going to be, a demon that's that's coming through or can i make sure you close the board or it's going to be out in the world and not trapped in the board that type of stuff and it's just yeah um 
Can I just mention something? And it's made me chuckle all week. And I keep having to tell myself not to think about it because otherwise something something bad might happen. But um, I've been watching on YouTube um, some American, um, quite famous American um, paranormal investigators. Um, and there's two sets of people that have been doing um, investigations at the Conjuring House. And, um, and I don't know if this was just those people <laughs> it, just, it makes me laugh so much. Um, when they were um, talking about dark spirits and the devil and all that sort of thing that they were worried about coming through in the Conjuring House, um, they talked about <laughs> somebody, sorry, someone called Beezlebub. Um, and they kept going on about Beezlebub and Beezlebub this and what if Beezlebub comes through? And I'm like, is this Beazle Bub? Beazle Bub? And it <laughs> turned out they were talking about Beelzebub. But they call him Beazle Bub. Um, and I don't know if that's all American. So please, please tell me if I'm wrong. But I was like, what the fuck? Bub? You make it sound like something like Beetlejuice. <laughs> and, then, and honestly, I've been laughing about it all week. And then I actually thought, well, with really dark things like that, you're not meant to think about them a lot, are you? Because it's meant to draw things closer to you. And I'm like, shut up with the Beazle book. Shut up with the Beazle book. I'm still thinking about it. And then it just keeps making me laugh. And I'm like, I don't want anything to do with anything dark. I just can't get over Beazle book. That's, that's how they get you, Michaela. You've been sold the timeshare now. You're <laughs> fully in. <laughs> right. Yep, nice one. Thanks, everyone, in the chat or the comments, questions, chatting with each other in the chat. I've seen quite a lot of so that's uh, awesome. Uh, we'll probably do this again sometime soon. It's been a uh, great fun. Cheers, Michaela. Paranormal or what podcast? You. Make sure you check that out wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure Please you search listen. for Paramike on YouTube. That's Mike. And I've been Ash Ellis for Pursuit of the Paranormal Podcast. Hope you all have a great evening and we'll see you soon. See you all later.